What are we looking at here is a film review podcast. There will be significant spoilers in every episode, so if you haven't seen the movies I'm discussing, please do pause here and go see them before continuing. I talk about all kinds of films and all kinds of topics, so some content may not appeal to you. You can check out the content warnings in the show notes and decide if this episode is right for you. What are we looking at here? Hi everybody, welcome to the show. Today we're looking at Fever Night and Sense and Sensibility, and at how honesty with ourselves is always the best policy. Fever Night, aka The Band of Satanic Outsiders, is a 2009 horror film that is not the worst movie I've ever seen. In fact, it's pretty funny in a couple of places, the acting isn't particularly horrible, and the straightforward nature of the storyline means that the effects are perfectly adequate for their purposes. It's also got a pretty entertaining punchline. Fever Night follows Warren, his girlfriend Terry, and their friend Elliot as they enter the woods one night to perform a ritual. This ritual will, in theory, be pleasing to Satan, who will then be inclined to give them everything they ever wanted. The ritual goes well, I guess. I don't really have anything to compare it to, but they all walked away alive. But of course things start to get weird and to go seriously awry, and long story short, Warren ends up alone in the dark woods wondering if Terry and Elliot are still alive. He's confronted by the very thing he had come to the woods to summon, a demon who offers him everything he ever wanted. And then we see the punchline. The demon is in the shape of his girlfriend, but it has a demon-goat sort of head with horns, and where girl bits might otherwise have been, it has enormous boy bits. Warren looks shocked and horrified, and the demon, in Terry's voice, says, But this is what you really wanted. His ritual has gone off without a hitch, and he has indeed earned the demon's favor and his heart's desire. But poor Warren was as surprised by it as the audience, and he doesn't really know how to accept this hard-won prize. Of course, we don't see anything like that particular situation in Sense and Sensibility. The BBC's Sense and Sensibility from 2007 follows three girls and their mother in the early 19th century. They've been cast out almost penniless into an uncompromising world, and their prospects for happiness and even for survival suddenly look bleak. The oldest daughter, Eleanor, is a reserved and pragmatic young woman who deals with the world as it comes to her. The second daughter, Mary Ann, is more vocal about her emotions and demands that the world be what she wants it to be. Both of these approaches have value, but Mary Ann's approach means that she can occasionally lose sight of, well, reality. She informs her mother that she wants an open, honest partner, someone with whom she is so close and comfortable and genuine that he would not, for instance, 
praise her musical talents simply because they were hers, or, for instance, stand on silly, stuffy convention when there's romantic love to be expressed. But when the family meets Colonel Brandon, who's handsome, gentlemanly, inherently romantic, and even suitably brooding, Mary Ann won't have anything to do with him. Well, that's not true. She refers to him as the only man for miles with whom she can have an intelligent conversation, and she considers him a friend. But when he refuses to praise her piano playing simply because it's hers, even though he did enjoy it, her ego is clearly bruised. And when she learns that some people think he should become her suitor, she drops him like a bad habit. She runs headlong into the arms of Willoughby, a man who praises everything she does simply because she's done it, who ignores stuffy old conventions, who recites all the words of all the poems and skillfully acts the part of the poetic hero, and who turns out to be shallow, selfish, libertine, and a liar. Discovering Willoughby's true character marks a turning point for Marianne. She realizes that the love she told her mother she wanted had been there all along that the man she had suggested was old and boring is exactly the romantic, genuine person she had read about in all the poems, and that the reason for her running from Colonel Brandon in the first place was that she was afraid of her feelings. You know, the feelings described so eloquently in those poems that she apparently thought would be less feelingsy. So on one hand we have a simple romance story and an ordinary girl who learns a bit of wisdom by dating the wrong guy. Same, girl. Same. And on the other hand, we have a young demon worshipper who wants to bend the underworld to his will. But both stories share a common message. The truth will set you free. Mary Ann wants a partner who seems like the genuine lovers in the poems the dashing, romantic man who knows exactly what to say and do. She wants a life that seems like the one in the poems, because poems are easy and finite and everything is scripted and perfect. Everything is perfect, unlike real life, where people are complex and emotions are unpredictable and the future is uncertain. Why are tragic romances so popular? because the main characters are safely dead at the end, and nothing else bad can happen to them. Real life is so much messier. Real life isn't scripted or perfect at all. Real life is scary. But real life is also the only place to find real happiness. Real life is the only place to find real friends and real love. Marianne runs to Willoughby to escape real life. We know that because she never asks him difficult questions, even though open honesty is so important to her, and because when he abandons her she doesn't try to run after him, she turns instead to the one who was already in her heart in the first place. She could have avoided months of unnecessary drama, heartbreak, and melancholy if she had just been a bit more willing to lean into her own stated desires. Warren isn't particularly looking for a partner. The girlfriend he has doesn't seem to be his top priority, and he's much more focused on getting everything he ever wanted from the demon world. But he never really does say, 
not to the demon, not to Terry, not to Elliot, not to the audience, what everything he ever wanted actually is. He doesn't make a list. He doesn't talk about the parts of his current life that have left him wanting more. He's just unhappy somehow with his life, his real life that's unpredictable and unscripted and messy and scary. So he turns to ritual magic in hopes of tidying it up, making it as easy and finite and scripted and perfect as any of Marianne's poems. Warren's true desires run a little stranger, perhaps, than Marianne's, but in the end both he and Marianne make their lives a thousand times harder and pay a much higher price than was necessary by being afraid of what they see inside themselves. If you let yourself love a person, really love a real person in the real world, you might get hurt. Whether that person is a brooding colonel who brings you sheet music and flowers, or an hermaphroditic being who towers over you wearing a giant goat's head, when you open up the part of you that feels love and desire, you're also opening up the part of you that can feel pain and betrayal and loss. But as we see with Warren and Marianne, ignoring those parts of ourselves causes us just as much pain as we were hoping to avoid. It causes us to complicate our lives and to make bad choices and to do things that make us even unhappier than we were in the first place. Of course, Warren and Marianne are given their colonel and their hermaphroditic goathead being as soon as they acknowledge what their real desires are. But that's because they're characters in a story. In real life, accepting the inherent risk of chasing our dreams is no guarantee that we'll achieve them, or that we'll ever be given anything. But we would no longer be chasing things that aren't our dreams, or pretending to like and feel and do things we don't like or feel or want to do, or being someone we're not. We would be free. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed it, please spread the word. If you want to check out my other content, you can visit my website at www.smrcooper.com. I hope you have a good week and that things go your way. And if you get a chance, watch a movie.